Do you ever feel really annoyed or frustrated with your children? As parents, we want to know how to take our family to the next level. Where our children choose in to excellence. Where poor behaviors melt away naturally. And where our connection to each other is rich and beautiful. We are Kent and Amy Bowler, and our purpose is to help you achieve just that. This is where joy lives. Welcome to Revolutionary Families. So sometime in the distant past, we had a teenage son who had just purchased his own laptop and was excited about that, you know, big boy pants and all that, and was binging on one of his favorite shows one <laughs> well, night. we didn't know until we got up the next morning and he hadn't woken up to his alarm clock and he hadn't come out of his room and we went in there to check on him and he said he didn't feel well. <laughs> and, and then we said, uh... Were you watching your show last night? Yes, he was. Yes. So did, he was. Did you stay up late? Yeah, I stayed up late. How late? It was three uh, or four, something like that. Late. Really late. So he'd been asleep for an hour and a half, maybe, or <laughs> for not very long at that point when we woke him up. And so he's not doing well at all. He said he's feeling nauseous and tired. Yeah, tired. <laughs> That's what happens when you don't sleep. And in my head, I'm just going, dude, that was the choice that you made to stay up all night and now you get to deal with it. I thought the same thing. Like, fuck up, buddy. You don't want to lose your job. Get out of bed and go. But what Amy expressed to him was very different than what I was feeling towards him. She was so kind to him. She cared for him. She was helping him figure out what he could do to feel better, helping him with medications or different things. Oils. To- yeah. There was something, I think in, a, in an instant there, I, I realized I've done the same thing. I've made a bad choice and stayed up all night reading a book and paid the price the next day and felt really stupid and wished I hadn't. And yet, you know, that's my choice and here's my consequence. And so so I, I think I said something to that effect to him. You know, we've all done it. We've all been there. And sorry that you feel so bad. And this, this is lame. I know um, we love you. My proud papa moment that day was that I didn't express to him any things, any of the things that I was feeling yeah. towards him. I just kind of stayed in my own corner, just <laughs> you know, just kind of avoided it and stayed out of it. And that was good because then I didn't cause I, damage. I didn't cause any damage. Yeah. yeah, he he knew he knew that what he had done wasn't the best choice. Right. It, we it, didn't have to tell him that. Right. I didn't have to tell him that. Right. It's not like when a toddler does something or even, you know, a 10 or 11 year old makes mistakes and you're like, you have to tell them, no, we don't hit people. This is different. He completely knew what he had done was wrong, why it was wrong and the consequences of it. And then it was also his choice what to do with his boss. Was he going to call in sick to work? Was he going to go to work and try to work? He works pretty manual labor jobs, so it's going to be physical and hard to do. Um, And after throwing up a couple times, he realized there was no way he was going to go to work. And so it wasn't really an option. But, you know, he took care of it. He texted his boss and figured it out. And I remember thinking in my mind, and, and actually we went in our room later and we're talking about it and kind of venting to each other. Like, oh, man. Why did he do that? Ugh. Ugh. He's going to lose his job. Right. I really hope he doesn't lose his job. Ugh. So stupid. You know, just one (laughs) small decision can have such repercussions. It's such a good job and blah, blah, blah. You know, kind of some of our fears and frustrations with him. But 
what we were doing was dealing with our negative emotions about his choices on our own as adults. Yeah, and it's good to add into the story that he was an adult at that point. He's still a teenager, so he's he's just barely 18, right? So he's at that point where he's working on making his own choices. Yeah. We're not dictating when he does certain things or certain things at all. And so yeah. he's dealing with his own choices and dealing with his consequences. But Amy just did a really good job of of being his mother and taking care of him and caring for him and expressing through not just her words but her actions how much love she had for him. It was a stellar moment. I was <laughs> I was just going through my whole day going, Wow, what a woman. It's well, true. There's we all have times when it's like, Yes <laughs> I was able to do what I've been working so hard to do. Yeah. And sometimes all we can do is just be quiet. And if that's all we can do, then let's do it. Let's just be quiet. Let's just not say what we're thinking and go walk around the block or go somewhere else. But other times we can have the ability to step up. And and I wasn't like, oh, we love you. What a great thing. I'm glad you got to watch your show all night. Right. It wasn't like that. Like he knew that we knew it wasn't a good choice. But we can still love them even when they're making poor choices. And we know that mentally, but in the moment, it's harder. So now we got to hear one of my not so stellar moments, which I think with some of my kids, it happens on a daily basis where particularly our six-year-old son, he gets very frustrated when things don't go exactly how he wants them to go. And he was working on a painting yesterday. Yeah. He was working on a painting yesterday. He was up at the kitchen counter and it was the kind of thing where you drop this blue blob of paint on a circle and then you take a straw and you blow the paint into a special pattern. You can imagine this is like a disaster waiting to happen. But he was excited about it and I was kind of there helping him. And and he did a couple of blows of the paint and it wasn't spraying the way he wanted it to spray. And his artistic endeavor was not turning out as he had envisioned. And he was getting frustrated. And he's six. He has high, high emotions and high expectations of himself, even in his artistic endeavors. And so he... Uh, it's never going to work. I'm so sure it will never work. I mean, just so frustrated. And I was after, um, you know, a few minutes of this, I was, I was done. I was annoyed and frustrated that he wanted this splatter paint to be a certain way. And how can you predict how splatter paint is going to splatter when you blow it with a straw? He was hoping for Picasso. I guess so. <laughs> and so, so I just was like, ah, Henry, just, you know, just express my frustration that way and just my annoyance with his fussing is what I was really annoyed with. And just, uh, I, I that's one of the things that is a trigger to me is that kids fussing, I just want it to stop. And I want it to be quiet and be calm and just deal with it. <laughs> and, and so, uh, Henry, what what's the problem? What's going on? Uh, you know, something like that. And immediately he just turns around in his chair hangs his head down and his little face and he just feels so he feels worse now than he did before at first he's sad because he can't make this beautiful painting and now he's sad because he knows i'm not happy with him and that's even more upsetting those kinds of things happen all the time because i at least for me my natural reaction is just is just those reactions, just like, ugh, why are you fussing again? Why this? Why what's going on? You know, those kinds of things. But that's not helping. That did not help him. He was not in a good state to be learning anything. And I when I got to the frustrated point, I wasn't in a good place to be teaching him anything. And I should have just 
been quiet. If he was making a big fit, then maybe he was crossing a boundary and I needed to you know, have him leave the room or something else. But this was pretty short. He was just doing a couple of fusses. And so, you know, probably just needed to stay there and just me to just be there with him and just hang there and know and keep being positive or, or maybe even continue with doing the dishes and say, I know you can do it, buddy, and let him figure it out. Yeah. So the principle that we're getting at here is that any, and this is the hard part, any level of disappointment, frustration, or anger, any level of those things precludes communication and it precludes learning. It shuts it down. It turns it off. So there's this awesome quote from Psychology Today. It says, many of the ways we guide children, and guide is in quotation marks, so many of the ways we guide children are actually designed to provoke shame. And that includes any negative judgment about who the child is or what the child feels. So for example, you lose your head if it wasn't glued on or you do not hit your brother. Don't say such terrible things. (laughs) Those are some of the examples that they gave in their article. And what's crazy about that is that when we have that kind of disappointment or frustration, when we're feeling that annoyance, internally ourselves and then we go to our child and and say the oh henry we are passing judgment internally about that child about how they're deficient in some way right but we're not doing it on purpose when henry was fussing i wasn't thinking ah i've got this delinquent six-year-old son who can't do any good paintings and can't even control his emotions while he's doing paintings i i'm not thinking that and i'm not thinking i really want to shame him no first of all like my natural reaction is i want him to stop fussing right i'm just thinking about myself i want to have calm in our house right going back to the point i was making a minute ago we pass that judgment in our head and and maybe we don't even uh, crystallize or, or verbalize in our head put into words what we're judging but we'll we'll hold back a little bit and we'll just say the oh henry and, and, we, and we catch ourselves and we stop there and, and we don't tell them where they're a failure. The thing that's really interesting about that is that when we don't explicitly state that judgment, our child on the receiving end feels the angst that we're feeling, knows that there's a judgment that has been passed, and in their mind, they, they, they fill in the blank. And make it worse, actually. And make it worse than we would have <laughs> ever done, right? It's the worst thing they can think of. Oh, wow, mom is really frustrated with me. She hates me now. Right. She thinks I'm terrible. I am terrible. I'm the worst ever. Right. Yeah. It's almost worse to say that than to just say the negative thing you're thinking. But actually, we don't want to do that. We want to pause like Kent did with our teenage son. Just stay in a neutral position. Just not say anything, not give any reactions until you can deal with your own negative emotions because they aren't going to learn from us when we're in that state. And when they're in that state, they're not ready to learn. We may be calm and they're frustrated, not the time for teaching. Right. Now, now they may need to have a consequence because they're disrupting the family or they're hurting someone, hurting something. And that's different. We can calmly tell them, you know, you need to go to your room until whatever. But this isn't a time to be like, well, when the paint is not going the way you want it to go, maybe you can go over here with your straw. Maybe you can blow harder or blow softer. You know, they're just not, they're just frustrated. And so we have to wait until they're in a state where they can receive learning and teaching. Right. And and that's kind of the, the, the logical thing. But the 
the action that we can do is to pause, pause what we're doing and work on those negative emotions. Um, one of the things that is hard for me to remember is that usually there's not an emergency. A lot of times I feel like I have got to say this right now. Like, what is happening here, people? Why are we fighting? <laughs> I mean, there are times if your child's running into the street, if they're about to pour a pot of boiling water on themselves, that's when you need the anger to propel you forward to say or do the thing that's going to save your child's life. That's what it's for. But when it's just your kids fighting in the living room, especially if there's not anybody actually getting hurt, then this isn't an emergency. There's even when your child is throwing a fit in the grocery store, not an emergency. And so we can pause our words and our actions and just be neutral, get out of the situation if you're in the grocery store and maybe calm down in the other room while they're fighting until we can be calm to give the consequences, to diffuse the things and then do the teaching. With that example of being in the grocery store, it feels like an emergency. Oh my goodness, yes. Because we're thinking that the whole world, everyone there in the grocery store is now judging us as abject failures as parents, right? Because our child is throwing a fit on the floor. And we're ruining the entire grocery store experience for these people. For everyone else there, right? Yeah, and we need it to stop now. And so it feels like a dire emergency, but no one's actually dying and no one's at risk of losing a limb. Yeah. Right, and so when we can remember that and keep that straight in our head, then it's easier for us to keep things in the proper perspective. Yeah. There's another principle that these negative emotions that we have toward our children, they really can produce some good instant results. Us being like, stop the noise, you know, really loudly, forcefully telling everybody to be quiet. That can work and it can give us some really good immediate results, instant results. But is that what we really want? What are the feelings that ensue and what is what are we teaching our children in that moment? No, we're teaching them that we're in charge. They've got to listen to us and we have the power. And for me, it's like, oh, well, at least they're quiet. <laughs> no, but that's, that's not what really what I'm after. There's a cool quote by Dieter Uchtdorf. And he said, it is true that fear can have a powerful influence over our actions and behavior. And I think of fear, any of these negative emotions, but that influence tends to be temporary and shallow. Fear rarely has the power to change our hearts and it will never transform us. Yeah. And that's what we're looking for. That's what we're looking for. When we use anger to create a compliant child, that child is only compliant on the exterior yeah. there as, as a mode of self-preservation. They're putting up walls to protect themselves from our outbursts, from our anger. And so they're momentarily compliant, but inside we're not helping them to learn to choose for themselves or to choose to act based on values, now their whole world is only based on external stimuli. Right. That's not a road that we want our children to go down. We want them to be choosing for themselves based on what is right and what is wrong, yeah. based on internal stimuli, based on internal values, based on the things that are important because they're right. Yeah, so we know that probably every day your children are going to do things that are frustrating or annoying. Maybe and, <laughs> and annoying, <laughs> because it happens to us every single day. Even though we're teaching these principles and we've been teaching them for years, it still is hard. We know they push our buttons. And in some ways, that's like a blessing because then we can deal with those negative emotions and, and become stronger, more peaceful, more loving people. 
So we have a few steps to guide you when you start to feel annoyed or frustrated with your children. Yep. So the first step is to just pause, be still, and wait to respond. And then the second one is to deal with your negative emotions on your own or with a friend, not with your child. And that may be later that night or the next day or another day, whenever it can be. Deal with your negative emotions. And then the third step is to recognize that you as a parent are still a parenting toddler. I'm a parenting toddler, right? I'm still practicing. And that's how it is for each one of us. We're doing the best that we know how. So just give yourself some grace and recognize and remember that you're still practicing too. You're amazing. Being a parent is probably the hardest thing you've ever done and the hardest thing you will do. It is for us. But you're still in this fight and we are with you because we're in the fight too. You are some of our heroes because of the parents that you are and how much you love your children and your willingness to learn and grow to become the very best parents you can be. Go to revolutionaryfamilies.com and download the number one parenting secret. Create a little workbook that's going to help you to see the goodness in your child. And then when you're going through these moments of frustration and annoyance, you can think back to that as well and think about how great they are and how beautiful they are and it will help you to remember and to calm yourself. And don't forget to trust that God trusts you.